everybody. Welcome to Natural Toonie, Northern Treasures, Sapphire Springs Task Force, the B-Side campaign here on Natural Toonie. I'm your dungeon master, Tom Zalatni, and before we introduce the whole cast today, I'm going to give you my quick little DM fun fact, which is that today I am tethering my laptop off my phone because the Wi-Fi in my studio is so bad. How bad is it? It's so bad that I can't record podcasts, <laughs> and I didn't hook up my Ethernet cable. I have a 150-foot, 8 something or other the the best kind of ethernet cable money could buy and it has been sitting on the floor in my studio for like three okay, weeks okay now hold on a second yeah i suck <laughs> and i have to tether off my phone today as a result basically screw me uh now that that's out of the way uh let's get into it i'm going to go down the line and get everybody on the call to introduce themselves one at a time telling us who they are who they play and a fun fact about themselves or their character except we have a special guest and i'm gonna ask the special guest not to introduce not to introduce their character yet because we're gonna save that for later uh so in no particular order except that it's the order they joined the google meet call in Seth Day. Hey, I'm Seth Day. I play Alric Rick Mapleaxe, our big beefy half-arc barbarian boy. And uh, a fun fact about Rick, I'm just going to keep going down the line with all all his tattoos. Um, so uh, he has a, a tattoo of like his clan emblem on his uh, chest, which is probably his biggest tattoo. Um, and it's basically a crisscrossing axe and a tree tree limb limb sounds like it's a leg but you know what i mean well trees have legs i know trees have legs they walk around it's fine yeah yeah so that that's my fun fact oh and he got he got that one when he was 14 it was sort of like a coming of age it's like a coming of age tattoo that everybody gets nice well speaking of uh people whose characters have enormous tattoos on their bodies kendall and aldridge yes you're right okay sorry that, that took me for a second it's like Stephanie doesn't have any tattoos but technically she does i guess it's more of a um, birthmark yeah, I guess when we find out more about her her backstory, we'll find out exactly what that is. Hi, I'm Kendallin. I play Kasefni Ispridan, the nature tiefling, not teacher cleric. And <laughs> my fun fact is that Kasefni is a forager. She just hasn't had time to do anything. Her, um, If you follow the Natural Toonie Discord, you'd actually see what her comfort food is. It's... Um, potato glass noodles that are dyed with um, purple cabbage and lemon with um, sauteed seaweed and a fried egg. That is such a like wholesome comfort food. Sounds delicious and pretty. Next up, uh, we have a special guest joining us on this week's episode, Liz Nivine. Hello, I am Liz Nivine. Uh, I'm playing someone who does something Fun fact about me, this is the second uh, Zalatni production I've been a part of. I also uh, had a nice chat with them on uh, Up for Discussion a couple months ago, so it's fun to be back. And uh, people can also hear more of you, find more of you, enjoy more of your work over at uh, October Jones and Fish with Legs. They sure can. Um, I'm also a podcast maker. We have an audio drama, um, which was so smoothly introduced thank you um and we're members of the upford network so you can find us easily just by going to the upford network website which you should do anyway because it's fun yeah if you guys like this show uh that is probably the show on the network that it has the like closest like thematically thing to this it's like fantasy adventure stuff it's, it's very fun yeah sweet well thank you for joining us we'll uh, we'll introduce your character later on when uh when they pop up obviously but uh for now it's a mystery um, someone who is not a mystery, but has the same first name as you, Dr. Lizzie Tenhove, PhD. 
Hey, uh, I'm Lizzie Tenhove. I play Sadie McCurlick, the half-elf bard. Fun fact about Sadie for the week. Since we've been doing Rick's tattoos, I'll tell you about Sadie's nose piercing. <laughs> she, for a while, was in a Kaylee band in St. John's when she was working at the library there. And for a while, she was like, am I in love? And turned out, no, she just wanted the same nose piercing as this other girl in the band. Literally, why I got my septum pierced is because I kept seeing cute people with their septums pierced and be like, I think I just think that's cute. I want to be one of those cute people. And then I got my septum pierced. Yeah, just do it. I get that. That's why I dyed my hair blonde, because I just kept looking at Guy Fieri and thinking, Mm -hmm. well, you guys heard that unimpressed mm mm-hmm just now. That brings us to our next person. (laughs) Eternally unimpressed with me, David Flam. Listen, it wasn't that I was unimpressed with you. It was that it was so obvious that I was like, yeah, I know. It's it's not really news, but I guess it's a fun fact. Uh, Hey, everybody. I'm David Flam. I play Calder the Kanku Artificer, and I have no idea... What my fun fact is today, scanning around the room right now, what is here? Oh, I got new dice, I guess. That's fun. Dice! So they, um, they're from a Kickstarter that happened a long time ago. They finally arrived. They're called Mariana's Trench. I'm jealous! Can you send a picture in the Discord? I-, I will definitely send a pic. Hey, if you join our Discord, you can see a picture of these dice. Sent. One thing I will say about these, though, is they are not rounded at all. So they are very sharp. Speaking of people who uh, sometimes cut their hands on small objects. It's better be right Greg. Yep. Greg Schultz. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg Schultz. I play John Benoit, the human rogue slash fighter. I just, I think my fun fact is something I've been musing on is my when I, I Greg, hold John's tongue, uh, when a tongue comes, or a, 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 a pun comes up that John wouldn't know about. And I think it is causing adverse uh, reactions in other productions and like my daily life because I've become a pun monster even more than I I usually am. Uh, So I'd like to apologize to everyone that I've talked to. I'm looking at Dave specifically who edits the other podcasts that we're on. This makes so much sense. Yeah. So just a heartfelt sorry, bud. I appreciate the apology. Uh, Last but certainly not least... No, I don't have a segue. It's Damien Duvain. Hi, everyone. I'm Damien Duvain, and I play Ambrosina Thera, Autumn Eladrin Shadow Sorcerer. Fun fact, I guess, about me this week is I went for a walk with a friend of mine yesterday, and they gave me a giant bag of button-up shirts that I really like. So now the proportion of my wardrobe that has been given to me by friends of mine is probably over 50%. I'm currently wearing a a shirt that Seth gave me. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, without further ado, should we get into it? Should we dive into the show? Previously on Natural Toonie, Northern Treasures, Sapphire Springs Task Force, Sadie woke up from her migraine nap, and after helping Big Mike settle on a place for the new library, she ran down and joined the others in the Dwergar Dungeon Power Hour. John lit more things on fire, and a seemingly ridiculous number of monsters descended into the arena. Like, like, entirely too many monsters. Like, this, this... This dungeon has been going on for a lot longer than it was supposed to, and there's a whole lot of monsters in here. Will the task force make it out of the dungeon alive? Will they still win big prizes if the dungeon, say, shuts down because of a malfunction in the programming? Now, hold on. Who is our guest player today, and how long am I going to make them wait while everyone else is in a dungeon? (laughs) Let's find out. 
Um, so when we last left our heroes in the task force, uh, they were inside the Dwergar dungeon doing the Dwergar dungeon power hour. A uh, whole lot of fire happening all around them. Cal had uh, just done a thing and then suddenly like 25 more enormous spiders appeared on the walls and started to descend into the arena uh, doing all kinds of horrifying shenanigans. Rick is doing fisticuffs. Rick, in response to your uh, in response to your fisticuffs, the six swarms of cranium rats that are closest to you all swarm you at the same time. You are now covered in a pile of rats with exposed brains. Oh no! Are they attacking me, or are they just like chilling with me? Oh, they're just hanging out, taking some selfies. You know, just a vibe. It's a vibe sesh. Um, <laughs> as you are vibing with the uh, probably like a couple hundred rats. I don't really know how many rats are in a swarm. Technically, you're, you're getting swarmed. Uh, as you are getting swarmed, an alarm starts to blow in the room uh, as all of the flames uh, start to descend back into the floor. (laughs) The monsters descend back into the pits and you are teleported back into the lobby. (laughs) Rick just looks around and goes, I did it! I told you! As you guys uh, open your eyes and realize you are back in the lobby, Rungus leaps off of Gordon's shoulder and hops back over to you, Rick, and hops onto your shoulder and gives you a little nuzzle. Hey, buddy. Guys, I'm so sorry. We had a malfunction in the system. I mean, it's a brand new project, you know. Sometimes computers glitch out. Anyway, uh, maybe don't tell anyone about this. And he hands you a basket full of the uh, corresponding prizes for having completed the dungeon. Wasn't this, like, televised? Yeah. Shit. Uh, you don't see, but the audience sees a quick cut to the inside of uh, Gnome Rick's Underdark Diner, where a whole bunch of diner patrons were watching the game, and then suddenly the feed cuts out, and it switches to golf, and they're all like, oh man, what the fuck? Then it cuts back over to you guys. Um, <laughs> looking in the prize basket, uh, you find... Doo, 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 where did I write down what the prizes are? Where did they go? Where are the prizes? There we go. The prizes are... Who's going to look into the basket first? Who wants to look at the prizes? I'll look at the prizes. Uh, Ambrose, you take the basket and look inside it and find uh, a pair of tickets to some kind of event, a big old book that looks kind of old and worn. Ooh, 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 Sadie reaches out grabby fingers. And um, an orb roughly the size of a softball that uh, in terms of like, you know, what color it is, I would describe it as like the blackest black or like um, when you look at it, like there's no light that reflects off of it. Can I roll? See if I have seen an orb like this orb? Uh, Sure. Roll. Investigation, Uh, perhaps? Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) I'm bad at that, but I rolled a natural toonie. I love this (laughs) time. Oh, shit. Uh, Rick, you immediately recognize this orb as something very similar to what you saw Zippor pull out during your fight with the big bird. I'm going to pick that bad boy up and uh, go to Gordon and be like, hey, uh, what do you you know about this? Uh, Honestly, not a whole lot. It looks pretty cool. That's fair. Whenever people cast spells around it, stuff kind of happens. I think it's some kind of fancy spellcasting focus. Rick shrugs and throws it back in the basket because you don't do spells. As you guys look through it, uh, the two tickets are a pair of tickets to the 10 Mile Lake Food Festival, which, uh, John, you will remember is the very festival that you were at when the Great Entanglement happened. <gasps> Sadie, I'm assuming that you immediately grabbed the book out of the basket. Yes. Uh, Gordon turns to you and says, This is an old bestiary of creatures from our plane. All of the ones that you encountered in this dungeon are cataloged in here. It might be handy for you. Consider it a donation to the new library. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Sadie starts reading it as we walk to the next place we're going. <laughs> Did you, is no one taking this ball? I'm going to take it, I think. Does anyone need these, you know, food festival tickets? Because I, I definitely want one of these. Um, I, uh, what what year are they for? Oh, they're for, they're for this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would, I would probably, I'd probably, can I, can I go? Yeah, let's go together. That could be fun. High five. Okay, I'm rolling for high fives. Oh, that was a bad high five. I'm so sorry. That was a six. You go for a high five, but John, you know, being as old as he is, hasn't really, oh, wait, hold on. When was the high five invented? Let me a quick second here. 1977 was when Glenn Burke first did a high five on a baseball field. So John, you know about the high five and it is groovy in your mind. Um, but you still think that Rick is going for a handshake. So you do the whole handshake high five thing. Yeah. So you guys exit the, uh, the lobby of the arena. You guys make your way uh, back to Gnome Rick's diner and see a bunch of patrons walking out, shaking their heads. A couple of them are mumbling. I just don't care about Phil Mickelson. And uh, it's a joke for one person. And uh, Gnome Rick greets you um, and says, hey, uh, what the hell? What happened in there? Why'd you guys, uh, why did it suddenly stop? Did you win? Yeah, we got prizes. That means we won, right? Yeah. Yes. We were victorious in what we were trying to accomplish. Yes. Cool. Well, hey, uh, thanks for, you know, thanks for repping the brand. I'll let you keep the hats if you want. It's, uh, it's no no big deal. Did the hot dogs come in handy? Yeah, Rick says eating the hot dog, <laughs> opening his bag of soggy hot dogs. Ah, fantastic. Well, hey, I want to introduce you guys to something. He, uh, t- to someone, rather. <laughs> yeah. Rude. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, I want to int- introduce you guys to someone. Gnome Rick, uh, like, whistles and uh, out from the diner steps. Uh, somebody that you guys have never met before, who I will get to... Uh, Describe themselves and introduce themselves. Haha, ha, guest integration. Oh, wow, that was so much sooner than I thought it would be. Okay, so the person who steps out is, uh, is a half-elf young woman, uh, dark skin, silver hair, in a sleeveless blouse with toggles, and this, like, shapeless, grayish-green big skirt thing. Do I have to roll to fall in love? If you want to, go for it. You okay. always do. That's a 17! Whoa! Rick, oh. for the... For the first time in this campaign, except for when you saw Seedmore's rippling biceps, you're you are feeling a little bit of something for this uh, uh, this mysterious figure. Hi, hi, stranger. Hi, John waves. Who are you? I'm John. Oh, who uh, who are, who are, uh, who are you? Uh, hi, John. I am Uragan. Some people call me Uragan Louragan because I spin so f- it's a joke in It's it's hurricane, like a like a spinning. Air. Gnome Rick turns to the rest of you guys and says, Yeah, forgive my friend's uh Frenchness. This is Oregon. She's uh she's a cook from down south in uh Porto Basque. Came by to pick up a couple of things for me on the way to the food festival. I thought maybe you guys could uh tag along with her, you know? Help transport a bunch of stuff back, you know? We don't have anything better to do, I don't think. Do you know a cook named I know a lot of cooks. Ev- everyone I know is a cook, basically. Do you know a cook named Cherville Paget? Yeah. <gasps> That's John also gasping. <laughs> it's just a cut, an anime cut of everyone gasping. We even get a cut to inside the diner where the remaining patrons watching golf gasp at something unrelated on the TV. Cal gasped in confusion because they said that everyone they know is pretty much a chef and now they know John. So I'm like, is John a chef? Oh yeah, I gotta go do another long rest and we'll find out. So 
okay, so uh, why don't you guys go get some rest, you know, have a have a bite to eat, get some sleep, and then uh, head down there in the morning. And hey, if you do go along with her, make sure to wear the uh, <laughs> make sure to wear the Rick's Underdark Diner visors, right? We got to make sure that people down south know that there's a friendly face and a good plate of food up here in the uh, in the north. And excellent soggy huggies. Rick, yeah. Do you want this bat back? Was that bat mine? Oh me. Oh, I was like, I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I had the same moment. I'm surprised this doesn't happen to us more often, frankly. Uh, no, you can keep it, kid. What? I mean, unless you don't want it, I'll take it. You know. Oh, I will keep this. All right. Thank you. No problem, slugger. Slugger. That's what you call kids with baseball bats, you know? Champ, sport, that kind of thing. Champ. Yeah. Cal, roll for daddy issues. Do I? Do you want me to add anything to that? It's a 14. All right, Cal, you are having at least a little bit of a, like, it is nice to get the approval of an older man <laughs> feeling about this interaction. There's no consequences <laughs> to having this. No. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you there are consequences to daddy issues. <laughs> Um, all right, so you guys uh, head back to the uh, town hall, get some rest, and uh, we uh, we alight on the next morning. It is, let me see what day of the week it is. It's a Friday, Friday 48, for anyone keeping track. Um, so yes, it is uh, a beautiful Friday morning here in Sapphire Springs. Uh, you all awake in your respective rooms at town hall. Uh, or again, you wake up in a uh, guest room, there's a ton of rooms at Town Hall. It's kind of an infinite mind palace that, you know, Triff's magic can do wonders with. And uh, you all make your way down into the lobby to get ready to do your transport mission. Okay, wait. My, my question is, is it Oregon like oregano in French? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so canonically, canonically, most like people raised by elves in the Newfoundland tend to be named after like herbs and spices. And as an Italian, I appreciate that you picked oregano because we have claim to that spice and no one else is allowed to use it. What about the French? Uh, I think Mexican oregano is also a thing. Greek really nope, uses a lot nope, of oregano. Yeah, no, okay. I'm just saying a lot of people like oregano. Uh, no, only Italians. As you guys stand around the lobby arguing about who oregano as a spice belongs to, um, <laughs> Triff trundles her way out into the lobby and says, hey, what are you guys up to? Just Debating oregano. Just about to head out, actually. Oh, uh, wait, are you all? Go, sorry, who, who are you and what, where are you guys? Hello, uh, I'm Oregon. Uh, some people don't like to call me that, apparently. I'm here to pick up some sapphires to power some of the stuff for the festival that's uh, going on. And you're all going to a festival? Yeah, we got tickets. We have two tickets, so not all of us are going. Okay, yeah. Good, because, I mean, we can't just, like, you, you guys have jobs here. You can't just, like, you just got back from, from doing a, you, you did a fun activity. <laughs> you can't just do a fun activity. And it like, was on the job board. And we were on TV, so we're a big deal now. Also, like, Big Mike said it wasn't a big deal if we didn't show up. Okay, well, I'm Big Mike's boss, <laughs> so I'm kind of your boss as well. I will just uh, walk away, uh... You know, it seems like you have a conversation you need to have. It sounds like maybe there's some communication issues between you and Big Mike. That's all I'm saying. That would make a lot of sense since Big Mike does not keep any emails around. I could see how communication issues might be a problem. Look, I don't I don't mind if a couple of you head out, but we need, uh, like, the South is really far away. Like, multiple days journey. We can't have the whole task force gone that whole time. I, you said you got two tickets, right? Two of you go. And everyone else stay here. Do your jobs. You know, that you get paid for. 
I, I would I would like to go because of so when I was when the when the thing happened I was at this festival uh, many years ago so I kind of would it be I would like is it okay if I it, uh, is it okay if I go south for for this one yeah I'd also really like to go I like food and and stuff Sadie kind of looks over at Rick and pulls him aside a little and says hey uh do you think you might, it's, it's totally okay if you really want to go, but I think one of my maybe dads is down there. Uh, Oregon said she knows one of my maybe dads. Oh, well, I, uh, I wouldn't want to stop you from that, but, uh, okay, but you got to promise me something. What? You bring me back some food. Oh, absolutely. I feel like this is an artificial, uh, limiting of how many of us can go, and I feel really bad that I'm being... Selfish about going for backstory reasons. <laughs> Sadie gives Rick a, a hug. Great. So you guys, uh, John and Sadie, you'll go with Oregon down to the south. And the rest of you stick around, do your jobs, that kind of thing. You know what? Hang on. She uh, pops into her office for a minute and comes back out with a, uh, a pair of sending stones and hands one to Sadie and one to Rick and says, uh, just in case, you know, anything goes wrong on either end and you need to, you know, be able to reach each other, here's these. Um, They're just linked to each other, so if you lose one, if you drop it in, like, a river or something and the other person tries to call, they will call the river. Not the most sophisticated technology, but it should uh, maybe come in handy. Thank you. Uh, Do you want these back after we're back? I mean, assuming you don't drop them in the river, yes. If you drop one in the river, eh, I don't, eh, you know? Just try not to. I'll try not to. I'll try not to. Thanks. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Cool. Well, hey, Rick, you're, uh, I know that you wanted to go to the festival and I appreciate you sticking around. So how about, uh, you, you're in charge of the task force today. And, uh, while the others head out, you and the crew sticking around, uh, do something together. You, you, you decide you're in charge. Uh, okay. And now we're doing a fun little party split. Woo. So yeah, uh, John, Sadie, and Oregon, you guys get the uh, carts loaded up with uh, sapphires and hot dog buns and everything that you could possibly need for this journey and uh, start heading off on your way south out of town, past the fairy forest and out into, you know, the, the wild lands of the northern chunk of the newfound land. Uh, that was me stalling while looking at my map. As you are headed out, uh, Rick, you take a look at the job board. So here's how I'm going to do this. What does the job board look like? Like how many are there? Give me, label them one through five, and I'm going to just give you an, or one to one through whatever, and I'm going to give you a number, and that's the one we're going to do. Like Rick's just going to point to one. I realized I didn't take a photo to send you guys, so it's a good thing that Rick's the one doing this today, because it doesn't matter. There are four. Okay, and you know what? I'm going to roll a d4. That is a four. You have to go check in on Ava. See how she's oh! going. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one. This one looks good, right? Yeah, let's do that one. Let's get over with, I guess. This poor old lady, all she wants is your company and maybe to help deal with a stinky plant. And, and to guilt trip us for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so task force, Rick, Cal, Ambrose, Gazevany, you guys uh, head out. Everybody has taken a long rest by virtue of last night being a night. So you're all full healed. The four of you head out uh, toward 
the east, I guess, is the direction that her house is. And um, as you are making your way that way, um, yeah, so as you guys are making your way that way, you start to notice a bit of a strange smell on the uh, on the horizon as you're walking toward her. And um, you can see, as you start to see her windmill and the various hills behind it uh, come into view, you see a whole bunch of figures stumbling around kind of slowly and uncoordinatedly. Man, I gave away that garlic! God damn it. It's better not be zombies. You were messing with a graveyard the last time you were here, weren't you? One of you suddenly remembers the last time you were at Ava's was when you uh, when you met Oleander and you uh, killed Four Eyes. Oh, I wasn't here. That's why I don't remember. The last time you were here was when you carried Ava on your back. Yeah, so as you guys approach, um, it becomes clearer and clearer that there are, in fact, zombies stumbling around in the uh, graveyard, I guess, uh, behind the windmill. Um, they do not notice you. You are approaching the outer fence, uh, and you can see Ava poking her head out of the windmill with a finger to her lips that says shush to you, rather than yelling this time about what took you so long. Uh, Cal? Yes? Yeah, get that bat ready. Cal doesn't knock and just walks into the house. Um, do you do you want to walk in stealthily at all, or do you want to just go in? Oh, I mean, I always walk. I'm I'm part rogue, but sure. Roll me roll me a stealth check. We'll see if the zombies notice you. Uh, sixteen. Okay, all right. You successfully sneak into the windmill, and Ava, panicked, uh, runs down the stairs to you and goes. Oh, well, okay, runs. Well, okay. That's a, that's a fair point. Uh, panicked, doesn't run down the stairs, but uh, as quickly as she can, leans her head over the edge of the staircase to look down at the main floor at you and goes, Oh, Cal, thank God it's only you. Well, okay. I've heard that one before. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I was worried it was zombies. Why do you have zombies? Well, after you left last time... I, I thought so, okay. A yep. big stinky plant grew right where that evil bird died. Mm-hmm. And it took you guys a while to uh-huh, come clean mm-hmm. it up. Cal, Cal is like in the kitchen now, just kind of going to the fridge. <laughs> Pouring himself a drink, <laughs> mouthing the words along with her, because you know where yeah. this is going. And it took you guys so long to get here that mm-hmm. zombies started coming out of the ground and eating some of the flour and... Wait, I'm sorry. No, hold. Mm-hmm. The flour... The f- the zombies are eating the flour? Yeah. Have they eaten anything else? Just the flour. Well, I seem to remember you having a rather large weed problem before, so is this hey, not Nark. a win? <laughs> Cal stares blankly, sees like an sees like an unopened box of cereal on the counter and just kinda knocks it off like a cat. Is this what you wanted, Tom? This is the interaction you <laughs> Honestly, this is this is all I ever wanted. It's legal here, and also... You know that's not what I meant. Cal, Cal walks back down the stairs and looks through the, like, the front window area to see if there's, like, a bunch of zombies in the way of, uh... All of... Where are all of you? 
Like, are you hiding behind something? Are, are you in a shroud of darkness again? In my head, I imagined that there was some kind of, like, fence or rock or barrier around the yeah. windmill, right? It's like a video game. There's always a mid-sized thing to hide behind. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's, there's chest-high fences around, uh, yeah. So you guys, um, the, the entrance to the house is not too far from the uh, entrance through the fence that, uh, that Cal presumably went through. So, Cal, if you're looking out the window to see if there are any zombies near your friends, there are not. The zombies are currently elevated. They're all on the hill that is behind the windmill. I mean, as far as you can see, like, the hill is large and the cemetery goes on for a while behind it. Um, oh, so there's none in the way between us and the door? No. Cal walks out uh, of the door again glances over at the zombies and stares at Rick while eating a bowl of cereal. They're eating the plants. I didn't know there were herbivores. I didn't either, but that's what she says, so I don't know. Is there any Is there any more cereal? Rick walks in. Because I have any follows. Ambrose, do you want any cereal? No, I'm good, but thank you. As you guys uh, are standing around eating cereal and watching the zombies on the hill... Uh, everybody roll me a stealth check real quick. Rick got an 11. So did Kasephone. I got a 14. Rick and Kasephone, you both chew your cereal like absolute barbarians. And, uh, <laughs> the second, the second, the first bite of cereal goes into your mouths and that initial crunch happens, uh, the heads of several zombies up on the hill all immediately jerk and look toward you guys uh just like in every zombie movie when the protagonists suddenly crunch a twig or something um and you stand there with spoons in your mouths looking right back at the zombies making prolonged eye contact in a really uncomfortable way (laughs) as you realize that the zombies have noticed you rick raises a hand slowly like hey i i and stephanie leans over to ambrose like you still have the pumpkin right yeah okay that might be slightly useful. I have an idea if they get closer. Okay. Ava, do you know any of these um, gestures? I mean, they're all people I've buried. Mm, that's what I thought. So, okay. Mm. A waking nightmare. Yeah, sure. it's a bummer. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess the question is, is it going to be like a bummer if we beat them up a little bit, if they get rowdy, or do you want us to not get rowdy with them? Is that going to bum you out? I, you know, fuck them. At that, we cut to uh, our traveling team who uh, you all have, that was a squeaky y'all, y'all have uh, traveled uh, along the length of the fairy forest uh, around its outer perimeter um, and find yourselves now at a crossroads where you can either travel close to the coastline or travel through the plains for a little while. What would you like to do? Uh, Well, you guys are local, right? Uh, Do you have a suggestion? John looks at Sadie being far more local than John is. Yeah, I guess I, I'm the local here. Uh, well, I guess what what kind of uh, view are you wanting? It's all really pretty. Uh, by the by, the lake is nice, but through the plains is a different vibe, depending on what you're going for. Are there interesting animals in the plains? Oh, hang on. Sadie pulls out the book she just got and is still holding. <laughs> are there interesting animals in the plains? So the book you just got uh, will not tell you anything about that, but you're uh, oh. you're having grown up in a house on a farm. Oh, yeah. Uh, adjacent to the plains. 
<laughs> we'll uh, we'll give you a bit of information about that. How about you roll me a nature check? Seventeen. Uh, Sadie, you know that uh, out here in the plains, uh, it is not a place with a ton of animals. There are a handful. Um, it's it's fairly cold, so they're mostly you know cold animals. Um, decent number of like hares and bears and uh, sentient chairs. Um, you also know that you are uh, if you go along the route through the plains, you will be passing past uh, both Oleander's house and Donna's house on the way, which is kind of nice. Um, on the flip side, you also know that along the seashore, seashore, lakeshore, along the lakeshore, um, there are several small little towns that are, you know, always nice to visit. And uh, in terms of wildlife, um, yeah, there's like, you know, also some some bears and hares and uh, no sentient chairs near the water. They, uh, by virtue of being made of wood, they try to stay away from bodies of water. Just, you know, don't want to fall in there, get all warped. You know how it is. Probably we're not going to see that much either direction in terms of wildlife until later in the day. A lot of the, the bears and hares, they come out sort of in the evening and at night. Um, but this way, by the plains, we'd pass my mom's house, and she makes really good snacks. And we've been talking about snacks this entire time. Well, I, I love food. I mean, it's a passion of mine, so. All right. Sounds good. Uh, you guys make your way south uh, down the plains. Um, and as you guys are moving along the road, um, do you want to, someone want to roll me a perception check just to see what you see? Uh, 18. Sure, yeah. <laughs> as you guys make your way down the road, uh, you... As you're passing by the um, hunting lodge that you recognize as where Professor Oleander Robertson lives, um, you have not ever visited him there, but at one point you put two and two together when he told you that he lived in a hunting lodge not too far from here. You're like, oh, I've seen that hunting lodge before. That's his. Uh, As you are making your way past there, uh, you also notice that on the other side of the road from him, there is kind of a little forest not the size of the fairy forest really more of a like thicket of trees i guess um whatever you call like you know when there's like a park with a lot of trees and it's like this isn't really a forest but it's not like Like a grove a grove that sounds good yeah yeah we'll call it a grove uh you guys see a grove of trees that clearly has a bit of a dirt road leading down it as well um and at the end of that grove of trees road rather at the end of the road in that grove of trees there we go um you can make out what looks like kind of a uh, a spooky old church building at the end of that road john you've noticed both of these before uh the first time you guys went down to donna's b&b you saw all of this um but this time around uh, as you notice it something feels a little bit more unsettling about the uh the spooky church and you notice that there's kind of more plants growing out of it than there were last time um remember that church last time we come through here it, it's um it's not it looks spookier somehow and but also more uh lush <clears throat> if that is a thing. I used to have nightmares about that church when I was a kid. Oh yeah, that yeah, I can understand why. It's um not it doesn't it seems intimidating. But we probably shouldn't, you know, stop and uh <clears throat> dilly-dally or potentially get into uh a strange um exploration or adventure. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> We gotta get to the festival. <laughs> the festival? The, the festival. festival. The festival. <laughs> the food festival? Yeah, so as you guys, uh, you continue past the, uh, 
hunting lodge and the spooky church uh, and continue down the road. Um, And as you do, you slowly start to come up on Donna's bed and breakfast, the hard day's night. Um, You are coming along the road over a hill, uh, and as you start to descend the hill heading toward it, um, you see that it is up and running again in a much nicer way than it was last time you left it, which is encouraging. Um, The ogres who stuck around last time after uh, being mind-controlled by Enid are still working for your mom. They're hauling, you know, big old hay bales around, and one of them is uh, repairing a tire swing in the middle of the cornfield. The corn are, you know waving in the wind and giving each other hugs with their corn arms as they do. I wave at the corn. The corn all together wave back and you hear a woo from them as they literally do the wave for you with their little corn arms. Um, And uh, yeah, as you guys uh, are, you know, passing by there, do you want to stop and say hi or just roll on by? How far into the day is it? Should we get lunch? It's about lunchtime. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we stop and grab lunch we don't need to stay long but it would be nice to say hi to my mom yeah, it looks like a nice place cool uh yeah you guys pull up your uh your carts outside of uh, the hard day's night the ogres wave to you and go get back to work um and uh yeah you walk in the front door and donna is in there hanging out baking some pies hi mom oh sadie sweetheart good to see you again she runs over and gives you a big old hug I hug her back how are you doing I'm all right. I'm all right. The boys have been uh, helping me patch things up again, and uh, the crops are doing okay. I've even got the cows back, and they're, uh, you know, doing what they do out in the pasture. This is, uh, I I wave over to Oregon. Um, this is Oregon. She is, um, she's a chef down in Puerto Basque and knows one of my maybe dads. Yeah. Oh. Maybe dads. Oh, did I not fill you in on this? Yeah, um... Is this okay if I tell this story, Bob? It'd be kind of weird to just allude to it, so uh, do what you gotta do, sweetheart. <laughs> tell this stranger about my love life. A while ago, Triff gave me this kind of creepy, mysterious prophecy that my mom was in trouble and only my dad could help. Except, we don't really know who my dad is. There's three candidates. Uh, one is Oleander, who lives in that uh, hunting lodge by the creepy church. I should ask him why he keeps living there. Like, that's really creepy. Um, one is Cherville Paget down in Porto Basque, and one is, uh, Dan Dalian, who, I think Ambrose said he died? Well, you can strike that one off the list right away. I wish that that were that easy. Well, I mean, he's dead, right? So if it's him, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I guess I need to wait for my cleric friend to, to level up a little. John goes into the kitchen and starts going through the cabinets out of like, oh, okay, I need to, um, uh. I'm sorry, Mom, this is a little morbid that I'm talking about this, uh. John, as you rifle through the the cabinets, roll me an investigation check. That is a 17. Sure, cool. Um, John, as you are kind of, uh, you know, absentmindedly rifling through cabinets to uh, look busy so that it doesn't look like you're listening to this very awkward conversation, um, you find uh, you find the cookbook section and uh, take one out to start flipping through it, and a photograph falls out of the book. What's this? I look at it. John, you see um, you see a photo of uh, um, Donna 
but younger. So she kind of looks, you see a photo of someone who looks simultaneously just like Sadie and also just like Donna. And it doesn't take a high intelligence score for you to figure out that that must be an old photo of Donna. Uh, And in the photo with her is a dark skinned elf man in a chef's hat. Oh, is this Sadie or Donna or is this uh, the, the, is this the man we're looking for? (laughs) (laughs) Donna walks over and grabs the photo and says, Oh yeah, I haven't seen this photo in ages. Oh, that's so nice. This, uh, Wow, I, this brings back a lot of memories. Hey, uh, Oregon, you said you know Sherville, right? D- how how is he aged? Does he still look like this? And she hands you the photo. Uh, I, t- I take the photo and peer at it. Wow, yeah, that's Sherville. Uh, cool. Uh, he sort of sort of looks like this, except uh, older and less hair. Oh, that's too bad. He had such a good head of hair back then. It's still pretty good. There's just a bit, you know, the hairline, it receded a bit. Oh, well, I guess uh, hairnets, wearing enough hairnets will do that to you. Can I look at the photo and see how much he looks like me? Sure, go ahead. Investigation, insight. I guess insight. <laughs> Eleven. Um, looking at the photo, nothing immediately jumps out at you as like being extremely similar between the two of you. But you look at the photo and you really, really think that's you in the photo for a second, but it's actually your mom. And that's a little unsettling. Mom, did my dad contribute any any DNA except for my ears? Uh, I don't know, sweetheart. Uh, yeah, your ears definitely. I, again, not sure who your dad is, but definitely your ears at least. Uh, wow, the family resemblance is uh, impressive. Such a beautiful family. <laughs> Thanks. Well, hey, uh, do you guys want some food or something before you head back out? I don't know how long you can stick around, but if you want to play a game of y- Ratsy or something. Ratsy. You've never played Ratsy? Oh my goodness, you have to play it. Uh, okay. Can we play it mobile? Because uh, I love to stuff for lunch, but I really don't want to be late. Oh no, that's okay. We can play another time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we, we both know how to play. I'm proficient in dice sets today, so I would have run the table, but you know, that's fine. Um, just as fast as you came, Donna hands each of you um, some tasty sandwiches with uh, cucumber, lavender, and mint, and homemade mayonnaise straight from her cows. And uh, cows don't make mayonnaise. <laughs> I have a food <laughs> podcast. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. I've never seen a dairy cow mayonnaise. It's it's good. It's kind of just a real thick cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that Dave unmuted himself just to groan at that. You know how people, uh, you know, when you're, you're little and you think that uh, chocolate milk comes from brown cows? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what a mayo cow would look like in that sense. I think very wide. And also a little oily, you know? <laughs> yeah, as you guys grab your sandwiches and head back into your carts and head back down the road, you uh, you do roll past a couple of cows in the pasture, and you notice one that is just, ooh, so oily. <laughs> that cow entangled with the chicken. Um, as you <laughs> Gross. Um, as, so we cut back to, uh, <laughs> to the windmill. Hey, uh, folks at the windmill... <laughs> What are you going to do about these zombies that have just seen you? They're not fast. These are zombie zombies, not like, you know, Resident Evil zombies. But they're still coming toward you. I got an idea. Um, how many zombies are there? Roll a perception check. 
Uh, well, that is a natty one. You're pretty confident that there's at least three zombies. Okay, great. Uh, so in front of where the zombies, well, okay, so like, give me, paint me a word picture of like, what's, where they're coming from and where we are and what's environment. Yeah. So you guys, you guys are by the windmill, which is on, let's call it ground level. Uh, and the zombies are currently on the top of the hill, which has about a 40 foot elevation above the ground from where you are and slopes down, going down about 10 feet for every five feet. Uh, okay. Well, why don't I just tell you what I'd like to do? And you tell me how that goes. Uh, what I would like to do is just make a nice hole for all the zombies to fall into with mold earth. Um, <laughs> so that we don't necessarily have to kill them. We can just kind of put them in a hole. Put them back where they go. <laughs> where do you want to put the hole? Uh, I don't know. It, I was hoping there was maybe a bottlenecky place or like a place that we can kind of herd them. How deep can the hole you make be with Mold Earth? Five feet. Heads might be sticking up, but like, that's yeah, fine. We just put the dirt back over them. You can make a five foot deep hole, but how wide can the hole be? Five, five, five foot cube. So you're going to try to put multiple zombies that are an average of five foot five in height into one hole? Yeah, well, if it's five feet wide, you can fit like five bodies side by side, like, you know, like uh, sardines. Okay. Yeah, there's sure. only three of them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, according to according to Rick's natty one perception roll. I want to note that Cal has rolled an unnatural 20, but is just continuing to eat cereal. Cal, you can see that in addition to the three that Rick saw, um, on the top of the hill, there are uh, four others. I still think that a five by five foot cube can fit a decent amount of zombies. All right, you want to make a you want to make a zombie hole? Go ahead, make a zombie hole. I want to make a zombie hole. All right, are you making it between them and you, or in the middle of them? Yeah, so I'll be like, "Come here, zombies," and then they'll just fall in a hole. No, use the use the cereal. Lead lead them with the cereal. Oh, is it brain food? No, because they eat plants, so it's not like a. Oh, you're right. They're plant based zombies. Brand food. Kisephony, quick, make me a plant. I don't know, make a plant that smells and just give it to me. You're going to make some weed? <laughs> I'm going to lure them with weed. Okay, I guess I'll roll for that. It's not 11, so not very good weed. Well, that's great because the bad stuff smells much worse. Because, <laughs> Ebony, you create some very, very dank weed and hand it to Rick. All right, so <laughs> Rick uh, you know, touches the tattoo on his arm. A hole appears in between us and the zom- zombers. Uh, and he's going to wave the plant <laughs> like he's luring an animal and go... I love that. Um, Yeah, okay. So uh, just in terms of like placement, conveniently, there is a gap in the fence between where you guys are and where the hill with the cemetery on it is. So I'm going to say you put that hole right in front of that gap. So that's where the zombies would have had to go through. This is kind of the funnel spot that you were asking about. The zombies do, in fact, uh, you know, smell that that OG Kush and start making their way down the hill toward you guys to, uh, to come and, you know... I don't know, get a hit, I guess. As they do, Rick, you start to notice that there are definitely more than three of them. Yeah, there's more than three, just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, seven zombies are very gradually, uh, you know, wandering toward your hole. Uh, That's a choice. Yes. so, uh, I mean, I could just kind of try to bury him again, or we could smash them. I mean, it's really up to you guys. What kind of mood are you in? Anyone need to get aggression out? I mean, they were already dead. Yeah, I don't have any moral qualms about this. I would like to uh, cast Disguise Self and turn myself into a zombie and start shambling amongst the group going, Sure. 
<laughs> All right. Wait, amongst the us or the group of zombies? I was just going to run around you guys for now, but eventually maybe I'll make my way over to the zombies. Ambrose, roll me either a deception check or a performance check. Uh, that's a 13 deception check. Well, they have, let's see. What? These zombies have real high intelligence. What? That's confusing. Why do zombies have a plus three to intelligence? They don't. I am reading this wrong. Yeah, no, uh, I I was, the way that I copy pasted this has all of the them in a call. It's bad. Let's just say that. Uh, they in fact have a plus three to constitution and a minus four to intelligence, which makes a lot more sense. Um, so let's see how that goes. Yeah, no, they don't succeed at that. They, uh, they definitely see you, Ambrose, and they're like, oh, look, another zombie. Let's go be friends with it. And they start running toward the hole at the speed that zombies run, which is a whopping half the speed that a normal person goes. Um, And the first three fall straight into the hole as the other four are not too far behind. Cal turns to Ava and is just like, is this what you wanted? Not specifically. I would rather they just not be zombies. Does anybody, anybody know how to, like, unzombify a zombie? I mean, another way for them not to be zombies is for them to be extra dead. But, like, I don't know how to, like, unzombify zombies. It's not my area of expertise. If I had taken some time and thought about this through last night, I could Hey, stop beating yourself up. It's gonna be okay. Don't you have turn undead? I do, but, like, all it does is turn them around right now. Wait, turn undead literally just turns zombies around? Li- okay, so as, as an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer. Each undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, it is turned for one minute and or until it takes damage. It's not until I have a higher level do they ex- get to explode. They literally just turn around. I was waiting for them to get closer. That's hilarious. That's the best thing I have ever heard. That is amazing. What a ridiculous spell. I love that. Tom, I have a I have a landscape question. Uh, paint me a word picture here. So zombies are coming from the hill that has the graveyard on it, right? Correct. Okay, so in order to get to the graveyard where the plant thing was initially and where the fight happened last time, we would have to go past the, the zombies. There's a lot of like... You could approach the hill from a different angle, certainly. I'm, I'm going to do that. Okay. Do you want to go by the... Uh, so the zombies are coming from the, let's call it, northwest corner of the hill is where the fence gap and hole are. Um, so you could go all the way around the windmill um, and go over the north side of the hill, or you could uh, go down south a little bit and approach it from the south side of the hill. I'll, I'll just go around. That's That's fine. Okay. Cool. So you go around the windmill uh, and start approaching and climbing the hill from the north side. Uh, roll me a stealth check to see if any of the zombies that are headed toward the hill notice you and aggro to you. 23. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so they just keep heading toward the hole as you uh, stealth past them and make your way up the hill. Um, you climb all the way to the top of the hill, and uh, I'm assuming you maybe hide behind a tombstone to kind of look around and see what's going on or do you just walk right into the crowd of zombies what's your what's your plan i guess that's what i'm asking so there's still a crowd of zombies up there yeah so three have made it into the hole four are like still near the top but haven't made it 
like they haven't started to descend yet, but they're like, you can tell that they intend to go toward the hole. They're just, you know, slow. Gotcha. I think Cal starts to walk nonchalantly there and then realizes that not all the zombies uh, followed down over to the hole and then kind of jumps behind a gravestone. Do you want to do anything from there or just hide for now? Just kind of examine the area. Like, is there any anything odd about it besides the fact that there are zombies there uh sure roll a perception check or an investigation check uh 14 14 yeah with a 14 you can see that um the graveyard is built on multiple hills behind the windmill the large hill that you are currently on is the one that you fought on last time there are seven tombstones there um and you know four more zombies up there and three in the hole so you can kind of gather that the seven zombies came from those seven tombstones um and then south of that main large hill there is a bit of a clearing where it is still elevated ground from where the windmill is um but lower uh and you can see uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve more tombstones six of which are on fairly like similarly elevated hills there are two hills that rise as high as the one you're on but they're just smaller Uh, and one that rises about half as high as the one you're on and has two tombstones on it uh four tombstones are on the sort of air quotes ground level um and then surrounding this whole area there is a bunch of thick trees um, so the graveyard kind of descends into a grove a little bit. Gotcha. So that's what you see. You see three more hills and a bunch of trees and 12 tombstones kind of scattered around. Okay. I don't see anything that seems like it's obviously odd that's there or causing dismay among the zombies. Not with I a guess. 14. Okay. So Cal, as you uh, scope out the um, surrounding area, uh, we'll cut back over to the... Uh, away team we'll call them uh you guys have made your way out from uh donna's bnb past the oily cows past the huggy corn and uh continue along the road heading south away from you know donna's bnb uh as you make your way along this road through the plains would anyone like to make some kind of check or do you guys want to just chitter chat what's your what do you want to do have we been able to play ratsy Sure, yeah. Uh, we cut back to you guys, and you guys are playing Ratsy as you make your way down the road. Yeah, so you see the little little paw prints on these dice? Uh-huh. They, they just make the number up. Like, they're like pips. Like a little orange seed or something. But John would know more about it, since he's proficient in dice. Um, yeah, and when you get, when you get uh, all four dice to have the same value, you go, Ratsy! Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah. And so you got you got a few rolls to try to <clears throat> you try to get to that. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. You we can do some like we can do some table talk to figure it out, and then you know maybe we can play for some coins or you know some stuff. I don't you know maybe. Uh, yeah, sure. I spent all my money on books. I have no money right now. Basically, I could sweat you. Oh no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Ratsy! Wait, does everyone say Ratsy or just the person who gets the Ratsy? It's more fun if everybody says it. Yes, yeah. I do. Oh, I didn't get Ratsy. So, so uh, oh my god, how, how long have you uh, been going to this festival? Years and years. It's uh, sort of a... At the restaurant, it go, we go every year. Or we can manage it. Um, and it's a fun trip. It's pretty far from Puerto Basque. It's like... Uh, it's just... It's super far. So it's, it's kind of a hike. But... Uh, 
I have a lot of friends around, along the route. So every year I get to say hi to everyone and then hi again on our way back. Uh, it's it's fun. Cool. Did you... Huh. I guess... No, probably... You didn't go to it uh, uh, before the uh, entanglement, I assume. Oh, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be... Um... Although the entanglement is fascinating. I love all the weird creatures and plants that it's created, you know? Mm. <clears throat> Although that weird stuff that didn't exist before. I bet it's created a lot of new dishes, not just our, you know, mm. dairy mayonnaise. Like, there's probably some, like, high-end for real chefs. Yeah. Lots of possibilities. Yeah, it gives a whole new meaning to fusion cuisine. Yeah, uh, Oregon, do you want to tell them a little bit about the menu at uh, at your restaurant? Oh, sure. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's what would have been known as a crab shack before uh, crabs were endangered. So we serve uh, like uh, like like scallops on a, on a stick, like a kebab or uh, a lobster roll, stuff like that. Uh, we make these cool uh, edible arrangements out of, uh, I think it's called a crab stick. So it's kind of like a sculpture. It's kind of like a bouquet. You can eat it. It's uh, very popular for promotions and stuff like that. Wait, I, wait. I, Should we get one for Rick? Yes, but also, did you say uh, did you say that that you get, you make a lobster roll? Of course, it's classic. It's yeah. Do you? I I have strong feelings about um, <coughs> lobster rolls because uh, I'm a uh, I'm a. This is weird. I'm originally from Maine. What's that? And so that's the uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, it's a state in the United States, which is. South of here, but outside of the bubble thing. Ah. Uh, yeah. How are you from there? That's a long story, and, uh, you know, maybe after the Ratsy game, I can, um, <clears throat> uh, oh, okay. give you the, the, you know, little notes. Sure. Oh, but you- Ratsy! Hey! Ratsy! Uh, nice. So you were saying about the lobster rolls? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I'd be curious, very curious about, like, your recipe of, like, what coat, what you put into it, and- and I don't know. Growing up, it was always just like lobster meat and mayonnaise in uh, like a hot dog bun, basically. Um, and that's it. Uh, and I imagine it's changed a lot in that time. But yeah. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Well, we put some uh, vegetables in it. Oh. Um, and sometimes uh, I can't tell you exactly because it's sort of a. You know, it's it's the it's the restaurant's recipe. Of course, um, yeah. That yeah. Uh, we actually mix in a little bit of other uh, seafood, just a little, Ooh. to give it that uh, unique sort of flavor. Oh, okay. What's the name of your restaurant? Oh, it's called uh, Crab Heaven Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I am so glad I asked. Maybe uh, you could meet this Shovel uh, guy. What's what's your plan, actually, if you ever? Run into him. I don't know. I mean, I've already met one of my maybe dads, and it was really awkward. But he was he's a really... The alive one. Yes, yes. <laughs> that would have been more awkward if it had been the dead one, honestly. Well, maybe it was a dream or a vision or something. Sadie tries to remember if she's had any dreams or visions of her dead maybe father. <laughs> Roll a, I don't know, history check, I guess? Nine. 
the only dream that you remember having about Dandalion was uh, not very long after you got the list of potential dads from your mom, uh, you did have a dream in which uh, Ambrose brought you down to the Mime's Caress and uh, introduced you to Dandalion, who uh, was not dead in your dream. Um, and while you were in there in the dream uh, at the bar chatting with him, uh, a bunch of cloaked figures came in and... Uh, he followed them upstairs and then got murdered and you woke up. I don't say that. That's probably for the best. <laughs> but Oleander's really nice. I wouldn't mind if he turned out to be my real dad, but it's it's all really about finding somebody who can help my mom because I mean, my mom's she's she's great. She's was really she did an awesome job being a single parent and running her own business and everything. Yeah, she seems like a cool lady. Yeah, she really is. Okay, so no plan. Love that. No plan. Yeah, no. Just uh, <laughs> improvise. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, you'll notice if you hang out with the task force, that's typically a, a trend that kind of happens. Um, uh-huh. And who are the task force? Is that you guys? Oh, that's that's us us and uh, the other the other folks that you met. Oh, that's so cute. You have a little name for yourselves. We just sort of take on whatever tasks need doing around the, around Sapphire Springs. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. We, we'll use, we, we, we took care of, like, the biggest thing was, like, there was this really big bird that was being a real bother. Um. Yeah, she almost killed, uh, one of Rick's best friends, Magzar. It was very, very dramatic. Sounds kind of cool. I mean, I would love to see a giant bird. Yeah, it was very exciting. You don't want to meet them up close too much. Um, <clears throat> they got uh, frost. It was, uh, it might have, might have, kind of been a, a a dragon. Also, it's a little. I'm not fully. I don't fully get it, but it's, it's kind of cool. Also, but while we were up uh, at Rick's uh, village, we we got these tattoos. This one protects me from cold damage. Mine I found on a golden harmonica in a temple under uh, the lake, uh, and I decided to put it on my body. <laughs> wow, you guys have such such interesting lives. Anyway, as you guys are showing off your tattoos, we cut back to the uh, <laughs> graveyard. The four remaining zombies on the top of the hill have uh, made their way down toward the hill, or what am I saying? Toward the hole. There we go. And uh, I'm just going to roll to see how many of the uh, the seven zombies fit. Because, you know, that feels like a good way to, to determine that. Hey, I rolled a seven. All the zombies fit in that hole perfectly. And as the last zombie falls into the hole, they all kind of are packed in there like sardines. Uh, and they look back and forth at each other for a second. And then look over at Rick, looking at the pot leaf in your hand, and go, Well, come on. Don't bogart the... Oh, they speak! Uh... Rick shrugs and throws it in. Wait, somebody catches it real quick. Wait, 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 wait. Hey. We'll share and maybe make more if you answer maybe two questions. Uh. One, and she tears the leaf in half. Why do you like the smelly plant? And she drops the half, one half into the trench. Cassephony, roll me a nature check. That's a 16. Okay. Um, Cassephony, you, as you throw the leaf down in toward them and are looking at them waiting for an answer... Um, they continue to groan uh, as such, um, but they don't groan anything that sounds like a real answer to you. But as you throw the leaf down toward them, you notice that um, 
the second it touches them or like even kind of gets within their like you know how like if you hold your fingers above your arm just like a millimeter you can feel the hairs on your arms as the leaf gets that close to them like not even quite touching them you notice that spores kind of take it over uh and it kind of starts to turn gray and like soggy almost uh as it lands in the hole with them can i try something yep i want to grow mushrooms in the trench and see what happens sure yeah i would roll a nature check for that well that's an 18 Okay. (laughs) Um, Kasefany, as you toss blue mushroom spores down into the hole with the zombies, um, the mushrooms plant themselves on the zombies and grow uh, really, really long mushroom tendril kind of lengths. I don't know what you call the body of a mushroom. Stem? Stems. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so some very long, like two or three foot long mushroom stems grow out of the zombie pit, uh, out of the zombies themselves after seemingly planting themselves in the zombies. But just as quickly as they grow out, they also are eaten by a gray plant matter that climbs up them that is the same color as the zombies flesh uh, and the stalks of the mushrooms and the caps of the mushrooms turn gray and wilt and shrink down into the pit yeah i don't i don't like this at all i'm really curious i i, I look at uh, ambrose are you nearby still yep i'm doing the monster mash so i have a dangerous idea okay i have plant growth uh-huh do you think plant growth would cancel, if I made it powerful enough, would it cancel out their plant and, like, just neutralize the zombies or make them docile? Or would that be potentially dangerous in making one really big angry zombie? I don't know. It sounds dangerous to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they ate through those mushrooms really quickly. I have no idea what would happen. The plant that grew... The stinky flower is gone, but I don't know where it went. And I think it's in the zombies. Maybe. I don't know. I'll trust your judgment. Well, terrible idea. She very slowly, while saying this, reached her fingers over and pinched the other half of the pot leaf out of Cassephony's fingers. And... (laughs) Puts it in her mouth and just starts chewing it, turtle-like. Okay, I, I don't think that was a really good growth. I, if I can make you more, that's probably better later on, but okay. This is fine. The only other thing I can think of, which is almost as fun, is I still have the fire thing, so I could just, you know, roast them. I mean, that that seems like uh, a respectful way <laughs> to, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, more respectful than me, like, chopping them up. Which is the option that I have. Okay, she's going to go back to the pit and say, sorry, Rick, and I'm going to cast plant growth no. to see what happens. <laughs> Roll me a nature check for that uh, plant growth. That was a seven. Ooh, boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is fun. Your teenage instincts get the better of you, and you uh, passionately cast plant growth to see what happens. Um, first... The grass on the hill grows just a little bit thicker. Then the zombies in the hole start to grow with it. They 
emerge from the hole as all of them get really, really tall, but not any thicker or wider in their bodies because you know when you grow a watermelon in a jar and it becomes a square watermelon it's like that kind of situation but because the hole wasn't covered on top they do get taller so you get some like solid like 20 30 foot tall real lanky zombies growing out of the hole and they uh climb out accordingly because their legs are now you know their knees are taller than the hole so they just kind of yoop climb out of there um and as you do this uh cal roll me a perception check uh, 12 cal uh as these zombies are growing extra tall to your right uh dead ahead of you uh out from the dip between the hills that you see um you see an enormous orange red and yellow thick petaled flower start to grow out from the middle of that what do you call the low point between two hills ditch i guess you see an enormous plant start to grow out from there uh surrounded by tiny flies uh near the top of it and an overwhelming stench pours out from this thing as it grows and grows to about a hundred feet tall and towers over all of you, blocking out the sun and being real stinky like. I should have stayed at home. This is what happens when you disrespect the huddle. This is what happens when you disrespect the huddle is the note we're going out on. That brings us to the end of the episode. (laughs) I like that too much to not take advantage of that. That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back very soon with another brand new episode. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NaturalToonie and check out our Patreon to get all kinds of juicy behind-the-scenes details. There's all kinds of awesome perks available like custom art, personal messages, having an NPC named after you, access to our Discord server, which we mentioned at the top of the show is a really great place to get all kinds of you know, side conversations and really feel like part of our community. So I I would highly recommend joining our Patreon for as little as a dollar so that you can become part of our Discord community because that has been a very cool little place for all of us to hang out. And there is also a whole lot of other perks available that you can find out about by going to patreon.com slash naturaltoonie. A special shout out to our $5 plus patrons, Josh Wright and Grace Kendall. Do you want to rep your favorite Canadian D&D podcast? Now you can with merch from our official merch store. You know all the art assets you've been seeing and loving on Twitter and Instagram, you can buy shirts, mugs, stickers, etc. with all that art on them. You might even see some brand new designs propping up any minute. You can buy your new favorite merch by hitting the merch link in the description of this episode. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Sirenscape for the amazing music and sound effects. If you're not using Sirenscape to score your own games, you should be. It's free to use and super awesome. You can check out what Sirenscape is doing at www.sirenscape.com. This show is produced and edited by me tom zalat and i as part of the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com bye-bye hi i'm howard mitnick host of gateway music join me as i talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine available on the upford network and wherever you get your podcasts If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. 
Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.